0: Welcome to episode 21 of Topper Extra, brought to you by the College Heights Herald Sports Staff. I'm your host, sports editor Nick Keezer and today I'm grateful to have sports reporter Matthew Hargrove here on the show today. So Matthew, just to start us off, how have you been doing lately, my, my guy?
1: I'm not going to lie, I'm better than I have ever been because we have entered arguably The best month of the year, March Madness is finally back. And then obviously, you know, I'm a huge baseball fan and spring training games have just started up and opening day is right around the corner. So you have more basketball, more important basketball and then baseball coming up. I, I'm doing pretty good.
0: I think I'm doing great, too. I think that with March Madness coming into play, we're going to possibly see these Hilltoppers show up, and that's what I'm most excited about, maybe, just because it's our school and we get to cover that possibly. But I am excited for spring training, too. Baseball here on the Hill is one of my favorite sports to watch, and that's back yeah, now, too. Yeah,
1: every time Joe Lunardi is coming out with a new bracket, I'm always constantly, he came out with one, yesterday morning and I was on it I I was already filling out you know my fake bracket and saw that Western was a 12 seed and obviously we're hoping that western can find a way to win the conference usa tournament and and get into that that awesome tournament
2: well
0: and they may be able to get in the tournament without winning the conference usa tournament Maybe may be if they finish in second but hey maybe that's something that we can kind of touch on here once we get the show Definitely. started so but hey we have a full show today once again we're going to continue to have full shows this spring so um we're gonna have some good topics ahead to talk about here today with Matthew and I know that last week we kind of goofed off with uh, the baseball and, and football we got kind of confused there last time Matthew and I did a show but hey that's okay uh it's all fun and games so but I know that being together now we'll be on this and we won't mess up this time so <laughs>
1: yeah uh I actually don't know about that I can't make any promises but it's all good yeah it's a. Uh, we have a heavy show. The Hilltoppers and Lady Toppers basketball programs are heading into their final weekend of the regular season, and we'll run through what to be aware of on that front. WKU baseball, like I said, I mean, baseball is back. Beautiful time to be alive. It's heading down to New Orleans to play Tulane on their first road trip of the season. WKU went 2-1 and one over Cincinnati. Two walk-off wins. That was pretty cool to witness. So you got the two and one record over Cincinnati last weekend, and they look to continue the start of the season. Well, on the diamond softball is back in action too, with a trip down to Starkville, Mississippi for a tournament prior to a second second trip traveling to Louisville for a three game stint next weekend. Shout out to my brother. He went to Mississippi state. So I kind of like it. So if it's Western and Mississippi state, obviously I'm on the Hilltopper side, but I you. Gotcha. I hope it's, I, I hope the Bulldogs find a way to, or the lady Bulldogs. I'm not sure what they, yeah, yeah. what they call them, but I, I hope Mississippi State finds a way to make the championship with WKU as well. And then soccer will also be playing its first two home games this Thursday against FIU and then Saturday against Center College.
0: Yeah, so we got a full agenda for this week. And we've also got a guest on the show today as well. His name is Gunnar Ward. He's a photographer for the Herald, and we'll bring him on here here shortly. But now that we've broken it down, I'll introduce him in just a second here. But what I was going to say was, yes, baseball gets the two walk-off wins. Softball is 6-1 and right now. And then soccer's also, they're on a hot streak now, even though they're, like, tomorrow night will be their fourth game of the spring pretty much like playing wise now regular season wise this will be their uh third game I think for the most part that's like you know they're actually going to finish and you know it count, count against their record it's their second conference USA game which is good for them and I know that coach Nidell is very happy to be back and then I know that as far as baseball goes we'll we'll touch on this but The rotation is a lot different than I thought it was going to be to start off the season, quite frankly, but I really, really, really like it. So, But without any further ado, uh, we will bring on Gunnar Ward here to introduce himself. And Gunnar has been on assignments for numerous sports games this year, and he's going to try to bring in his view into perspective. I tried to use a viewfinder like pun there, but that didn't work out very well, um, but he's going to come on and talk about just what it's like being a photographer, I guess, during the pandemic and sports and just sports in general, and without any further ado, like I said, here's Gunner.
1: Hey, guys.
2: How's it going today?
1: <laughs> it's going well. Uh, I finally get to meet you, Gunnar, and it's interesting because we're going to get to talk about it, but just the photography side, because that's what you do for the Herald right. and I couldn't imagine. I I just suck at taking pictures, and (laughs) and my phone can show you why I have an iPhone 6. That's like the oldest phone, the oldest iPhone ever to have right now. And I just think it's going to be interesting when we get to talking about questions with you and how you see the game and, and what it looks like on the floor because I believe you've been able to get closer to any sport than anybody else because you get those credentials and you're on the floor and you you've been able to see it much better than anybody else this season.
2: Yeah, it's it's definitely been a lot of fun so far this year. Got to cover a lot of cool things: basketball, football, and then as you guys mentioned, softball and baseball got fired up on the hill. And uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to shooting some of that as well.
0: So there we have it. There's Gunner. We'll talk to him later. I'm really excited for that and. Um. So, we'll go ahead and get some takes here and transition over to um, basketball. So, let's get the ball rolling here. So, the Hilltoppers will wrap up their Conference USA play this coming weekend against ODU before the Conference Championship begins, and that's going to run through March 9th and 13th, and hopefully... I would see WKU playing one of those bottom half teams in the first round. I don't know who it's going to be, if it's FIU, if it's Middle Tennessee again. um, I don't think we'd play a team like Southern Miss because we've not seen them all year, but it is possible. Um, But now that we're waiting on that opponent, um, we're going to see how WKU fares this weekend. I know that that ODU, like Coach Stansberry said, uh, sadly we don't have audio from him this week, but what I will say is Stansberry said that it is no tall task to take down a team like ODU this weekend, so I'll be looking forward to that, um, and I know that, unfortunately, we didn't have Luke Frampton or Josh Anderson for both games this weekend, which I thought was so weird, and Matthew, I, got, I gotta ask you to start off this part of the show talking about men's basketball. So Luke Frampton missed because of undisclosed reasons, and he also missed the game against Houston. And then we see Josh Anderson not play this past weekend due to his ankle. So I want to more or less ask you about why do you think Luke missed the past three games?
1: Well, Obviously, when you get a undisclosed reason that everybody in their mind, or at least me, is thinking, this dude has COVID, or he has some type of contact. But he speak. was there on the court. What's the only reason? Because in the past, even if someone was sick, they would say they would be out with an illness. So what's the only thing that the team wouldn't say about any injury, unless it was very significant, like a torn ACL, and they weren't ready to get that out in the open? Maybe Luke Frampton tore his ACL, but I'm kind of leaning on the side of Frampton. There's some COVID contact tracing that's going around, and they're kind of trying to keep it quiet because that is the last thing that this program needs, especially after all the postponements. And college basketball, the NCAA has already announced that, I believe that I have this rule right. If you are deciding to go into the tournament COVID or not, you have to make up your decision right when you see that you're in the tournament. And then if your team ends up getting COVID, it sucks to suck and you're gone. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's an automatic. They don't have time to wait around. They got to get the games in. So if Western Kentucky, say they ended up getting COVID Conference USA Tournament Week, it may be, you know, that that situation where it just sucks to suck and they're not going to be able to make a run for March Madness but talking about Luke Frampton I hope that it's just an injury that they're still trying to investigate still trying to figure out and they're not ready to put it out into the open up, open yet where it's not too serious and Josh Anderson because they desperately need those two guys back. They Just really the way do. Josh Anderson on the defensive side and Luke Frampton, they deemed him against Houston with a three-point shot. Oh, my name.
0: goodness. They, they really needed him then against Houston. And I think it could have been a lot different of a game if they had Luke Frampton. And personally, one thing I was going to note there, I don't know if it was heard, but I did say Luke was at both games. I don't know if he was at Houston, but... Actually, no, he wasn't at Houston. I'm sorry. I can confirm that because they said that post game. But he was on the floor over okay, the weekend. Okay, well then that
1: makes you, as a Hilltopper fan, that makes you a little bit more. It's pleasant to the eye to see right. that it's probably not contact tra- tracing now that we think who about knows? it. Who knows? Because there's no way they're gonna put him on the bench.
0: I mean, who knows? But and he didn't have a boot on.
1: No. He, he, I, I I. This is the first time I'm hearing this, so he probably didn't. Yeah. He probably. If he was limping or something, no. I feel like somebody would have noticed that. No,
0: I mean that's I. I heard that he was at both of the games. I didn't get to go personally, but Caden was able to go. And I mean, even the guy from the Daily News, Jared, you know, he was saying that, hey, he's on the floor and he's with his team in street clothes. And Mansfield was saying it too. I mean, I saw all all, all kinds of people saying that he was there. So hopefully, maybe they're just giving him. Yeah, maybe they're just
1: giving a rest.
0: I don't know. No, but they wouldn't give him a rest. <laughs> I against, know. I, don't I know. That's a. That's a. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. But let's talk about this Hilltopper team just a little bit more. So, you know, they did get the sweep this weekend. And I just think, like, this got brushed over. That was their eighth win in a row on Monday. That's huge.
1: It, it is huge, but I, I hate to say this, Nick. It, it really doesn't matter if you're talking about an at-large bid because that second half against Houston killed mm-hmm. any chances of them getting an at-large bid. You're playing a team like Houston who, granted, is good, but you have to you have to find a way to compete in that game and show that you can face the the, the tougher competition well. Yeah, that's true. Western Kentucky, the second half adjustments, and that's where you get – Luke Frampton in there. And the three-point shooting was killing Western Kentucky. Yep. It's been killing them the entire year. And, and I really am afraid if they get into a 12-5 seed, if they do end up winning the Conference USA tournament, because they're in a conference where they just have so much talent that they can get by without three-point shooting. But when you are facing other really good schools, who even a mid major yeah. school that's won their Conference USA tournament, that's the the big – That's that's where I kind of – yeah. Press the pause on all the Hilltopper hype. Obviously, we would love to see them move on and maybe make it to the Sweet Sixteen. That would definitely, I would say, that would be the goal for the Hilltopper. Yeah. realistically.
0: yeah, I think that would be the goal realistically—is is for them to get past a couple of the first rounds for sure. But you know, I don't know. Like the but, question that I asked Rick last week yeah. was. Before they went to Houston, I said, Coach, do you anticipate having everybody available? And this was, I think, two days before the Houston game. And he's like, Nick, you know, thats I have no idea, to be honest with you, is what he basically said. I mean, I'm just paraphrasing, but, you know, like, it's so weird. Like, this year, reporting-wise, that's what's been a little weird, is like, yeah, it's very uncertain. But at the same time, it's like, okay, but they would have known Luke wasn't playing by then if you ask me, but maybe, maybe they didn't, but at the same point in time, it's just very hard to see who they're going to have available. And sorry to cut you off there, but what were you going to say?
1: Uh, Yeah, I was just going to say basically the same thing and, if Houston if that game is lost by single digits even by 10 points like i said that second half was just so disappointing especially yeah. when western kentucky at one point went up 40 to 39 and mm-hmm. i was in my night class not paying attention to whatever the teacher was saying i was paying attention to what was on my laptop the game and i was thinking in the back back of the room i was like oh western this, this is this could be a huge win I would definitely say if they would have won that Houston game, mm-hmm. went out Conference USA tournament, and, and say they lose in the championship, I think they end up getting a thirteen or a fourteen. Yeah, at maybe. Large bed. Maybe
0: so. I mean, here's the thing, and this is what Rick said post game to to everybody that was there that night after they lost to Houston was like, "We were right there with them. Like we were right there at, at halftime, and um, when they were down, I think it was just by one point, and I can't remember if it was thirty eight to thirty nine, and I think yeah, it was." That's what, yeah, but at the same time, I talked to the sports editor at the Cougar, the guy that is at Houston for – I guess it's their student newspaper. I'm pretty sure it is. And, you know, I did a Q&A with him after the game, and I asked him, so Charles was a non-factor, and can you kind of explain why? And he said – well, I'll tell you this. They didn't take a shoot around this morning. They studied Charles the entire time, like that morning prior to the game. So, and Charles was held to nine and seven or something like that. Like he was held and. And, and that's like, where the perimeter shooting comes. Yeah. In because
1: when teams are, they're going to focus mainly on Charles Bassey. And when he gets double teamed and he has nobody really to kick it out to. You're just not going to win games. No, you're
0: not, and that's what was really tough, and teams are going to catch on to that, and that's one thing that's kind of you reap the benefit of Charles being so good but also being scouted so heavily. So, But we're going to roll along here and talk about some women's basketball now. So, Matthew, can you kind of run us through what happened this past weekend for them?
1: Well, uh, you, you said it, and we actually have the audio from Greg Collins' postgame we press do. conference, and we're going to play that soon, but the – Women's basketball team just—they—they've had a really up and down season. You'll get one weekend where the, you know they start the season off three and nine. They get the Sports Center top five play from Merrill Abdelgawad, and it's starting to roll a little bit. They're starting to find their rhythm, and now we're back to the beginning of the season where the Lady Toppers were, and and you just get the feeling that if el Jadewi is not doing everything for this team, then they really have no shot. But here is the audio from. The Greg Collins clip, and then we're going to discuss it next.
3: Well, what did you see? Because I watched it too.
2: Yeah, I, I, I didn't see I it. Think and I think it was
3: one of the worst calls I've seen. In bad, it was, it was just. And even if it was close, you don't make that call. I agree. If you're, if you're a quality referee, and apparently we don't have quality referees calling all of our games, and so if you're a quality referee, you don't make that call. And that's the There's, there's lane violations. I told her there are lane violations that close of a call throughout the whole game. She said it yep. was there. And I watched replay and it was not there. I think, I think one, she had an agenda. I think she had an agenda in her mind and she had already decided she was going to do something. And, and so that's what it is. But uh, at the end of the day, I can't do anything about that. We had a free throw before that we could have made. Uh, we had numerous numerous opportunities. And I think some of that, I've told the players throughout the season, in practice, we've had penalties for it. when They, they, they got chewed out of halftime for complaining to the referees that they got to shut up and play the game. And so and, and it's, it wasn't necessarily Ali Collette or, or Mural Abigail. But, but we've got players that will not stop refereeing and just play the game. And so consequently, that comes back and, and gets you in those situations. And I think that was a, a very junior varsity call.
0: Well, that's what Coach Collins had to say about that call. And I really think he had all the reason to be that upset with it. And quite frankly, you know, they had a tough weekend. They had a really good first game against the Lady Panthers, or I guess just Panthers. Um, that's one of the schools that just goes by Panthers. That you don't have to do the Lady or Men's or anything like that. But, yeah, it was tough. They won the first game. Real,
1: real quick, so if you listen to the podcast, you would know, Nick's mentioned it, that yeah. I do play-by-play for high school basketball. Yeah. And last night I was doing a game, and mm. it was Christian County. Do you know Christian County at I've all? heard of it. Well, they're the Colonels. And obviously, a colonel, like, the logo is a man, but mm. they called the the ladies the lady colonels. I just thought, I yeah. just wanted to, th- that has nothing to do with what we're about to talk about. <laughs> I just wanted to throw that in there, and I just thought that was so weird. The lady colonels, I- is it just me, or?
0: Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, okay. even- and, and
1: even, I... I broadcasted for a team that was called the trojans and they called their ladies yeah, the Trojanettes. that's not okay so i thought that was pretty interesting uh, i mean well, i just wanted to throw that in there since you mentioned the well the i guess
0: we can we can make a mention of this because we're just having fun here for the most part but my high school was the commandos be like army dudes okay and it was always a lady commandos and i thought i always thought that was strange gunner did, where you where you went to high school was it sort of like did they have a weird mascot name for the girls
2: um, it was just, we were the Hornets, so it was just Lady Hornets. Okay, that, that's That's badder.
0: normal, though. Like, okay. What? That's what
2: my middle school was, the Hornets.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, so we got off on a tangent there talking about, you know, something else. But, hey, the women's basketball team. Yeah, that's my fault. No, nah, it's all good. <laughs> but um, I really think that it's looking good uh, for the, the Lady Toppers. I know that, yes, a sweep would have looked nice. Yes, it would have improved their r- resume for this season. But, overall you know they're going into a, a, a honestly a, a weekend that they can sweep again and the monarchs right now are who the lady toppers are going to be playing this weekend they're making up this game after it being postponed back in january so the monarchs are 5 and 9 in conference play and they just took down the mtsu blue raiders this past weekend 74 to 57 and mtsu is probably one of the best teams if not the best team in women's basketball and uh odu is playing hot right now and i know that they split that series but goodness gracious just i don't know like g- going into the final weekend and then conference play and i'll start off with matthew and then gunner now that you guys have kind of gotten a feel for these lady toppers how do you think the, the, they will honestly fare these past or the, or these next two weeks is what i mean
1: i think it's gonna really come down to this series against Old Dominion. Because if you look at the Conference USA East standings, WKU out of, what are we looking at? We're looking at seven teams in the East. WKU is in fifth. They're six and eight. They're one game back of FAU at seven and seven. And then two games back of FIU at eight and eight, or one game back because they haven't played as, as the same amount of games. But WKU, and you saw they just have not been able to, they weren't able to win that close one against FIU. And this Old Dominion series, even though Old Dominion has the nice win against MTSU, they're still 5-9, and nine. they're still a very beatable team. But why I say this series is so important is because say if you're WKU and you find a way to win that series and sweep that series, you're sitting at 8-8, eight and eight, and maybe FAU and FIU can lose in their next games up. And they're sitting at under 500 in Conference USA. So you go from being the fifth seed, probably having to play a, a really nice team or get into an even match, and if you win that game, you're probably going to have to play the likes of MTSU. So if you jump up in the standings, maybe to third in Conference USA East, then you have a better ride and you have less chances to, or you have a more better chance to be an upset because of the limited amount of games. Teams will find themselves, that's why it's so hard for a mid-major team to go into March Madness and win is because you're asked to pull off so many upsets and when you get into a situation if you're WKU where you can maybe get into that third spot in the east and have you know a better run to the final four and not having to be so strenuous on yourself it it would be much better so WKU this next series is, is huge
2: yeah, I would have to just agree with everything that Matthew said. This final weekend before conference play is just going to be so important for them to, I guess you could say, kind of beat the buzzer, so to speak, on improving their record and get to that 8-8 eight and eight spot.
0: Yeah, and I really believe that that's the, that's the case, quite frankly. And the reason I wanted Gunnar to put his point in there is because he has been watching the Lady Toppers play when he goes and works these games for us. So he's got a couple of different good shots from when they played FAU, so who knows, they might play them again in the conference tournament. So. Um, But anyway, so, uh, you know, this next sport that we're going to talk about is baseball. And I love this baseball beat because they have a good like they have a good team and they can honestly go a long way this year. But they didn't start out very great. Like, I'll be honest. Um, So they had their first series and I didn't know how they would honestly fare. Um, And then they go to Vanderbilt and they get blown up at Vanderbilt 12 to one. And I was at Vanderbilt, but you put that behind you. You get that experience facing those really good arms. And if you ask me, that got them well prepared for when they played at Cincinnati this past weekend. They get two walk-off wins in a row, and then they lose in in that last game. However, when I was able to listen to Coach uh, John Pulowski on postgame, we asked him about his uh, pitching rotation. And yes, they are 3-4 and now. Yes, they're going to Tulane. But here's what their rotation was this past weekend. They started out with, I believe, Jake Cates. Then they go to Sean Bergeron. And then on that last day, the day that they lost, I don't think they have found this rhythm yet. They went to Ryan O'Connell, who's a transfer from Alabama. And the series beforehand, before they went to Vanderbilt, they put Michael Daryl Hicks in. And I guess they just still haven't found their third man yet. So quite frankly we'll be looking to see who they start this weekend. I could see it being the same three guys against Tulane. Although I would like to see, uh, Mer- uh, Michael Daryl Hicks get that third start, maybe second start if they want to spread the wealth out. Cause I don't know who they'll toss against them in order. I don't think Pulowski is going to put any certain guys in order for those three days. However, what I will say is Jake Cates can really pitch well. And, the, uh, as of right now, and I saw this tweet yesterday, the WKU baseball team is getting 11 strikeouts per nine innings right now, which that's probably a little bit above average. If I am not wrong, Matthew, that should be a good number, right?
1: Yeah, well, that's you're averaging 11 strikeouts for every nine innings. So that's basically saying that you're averaging 11 strikeouts for every game. Yep. That is that's phenomenal.
0: Yeah. And there, I know that they just started, but that's the number that I wanted to check on there. And so as far as how you guys think this baseball team fares after starting the last season, 10 and six before COVID ruined the rest of their season, essentially, essentially, and then now that they're back and they're off to a somewhat of a hot start, they're kind of like they started out kind of cold. Now they're kind of getting their rhythm back again. I know that the hitters are coming alive late in games. That's why they got those two walk off wins. But, you know, henceforth, I want to hear from you guys about what you think about this baseball team is capable of this season.
1: Well, WKU baseball in the past, obviously it's still early in the season, but the problem with this team has always been the pitching. You go down the roster and look at the ERAs and they're not pretty and yes, they had a really good start to the season last year at 10 and 6, sitting at 3 and 4 with two walkoffs. So that means those games easily could have been switched around and you're talking about a team that could be what well, 1 and 6 right now and Obviously the Vanderbilt game, that's just that's just not gonna happen. Like Vanderbilt is unreal. I think that was a 13 to 1 score. But WKU, if the pitching this season, if you see some progression, because WKU Hitting-wise has always, even though if they're starting off slow to begin the year, I, I've always had faith in them to turn it around and start to heat up. But this road series is really big because I, I feel like WKU, their baseball team has, has some problems with picking up some really nice wins. So to go on the road and get a series win does a lot for the confidence. It
2: does. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it definitely would. You know, Like you guys said, you go down and you, you pick up a big loss against Bandy, But, I mean, I think we all realistically knew what was going to happen there. I mean – When you think of college baseball, Vanderbilt is your main thing. But you know, I think with them seeing those great arms, I think they can help pick up the offensive performance a little bit, but they just need to do it earlier on in the games. And like Matthew was saying, those walk offs could have definitely turned around and been losses. So just need to kind of pick up the offensive end a little bit better early.
0: Yeah, and that's just gonna come with more like at bat, that's gonna come with more, you know, workouts and them getting a couple of days off and Kowalski said that they're going to limit their midweek games on purpose. And yes, they played Vanderbilt last week and lost 12 to one. However, I do seriously think they would have been a lot more ill-prepared had they not played Vanderbilt when Cincinnati came to town. Now, so we will see the WK baseball team head down to Tulane, and they will play there this weekend. And uh, Tulane is playing against Southern Eastern or Southeastern Louisiana prior to when the Hilltoppers play them and that game is today actually so this is uh we're recording on March 3rd just for frame of reference but yeah so we're gonna wrap up the breakdown here and I know that we're gonna have some questions here for Gunnar so Matthew kind of just break down these last few sports here for us
1: yeah uh WKU softball and soccer starting with the softball team they are six and one heading into the weekend and we'll look to stay successful in Starkville and Uh, Like I said, my brother goes to Mississippi State, so I've been to Starkville plenty of times. And it's in such a weird area because when you think of SEC school, you think – bigger city, but it is definitely a college town, but it's just kind of in the middle of nowhere. You're driving, you see a lot of fields, and then you see a big sign that says Welcome to Starkville, and then there's a random hotel, and then you keep driving, and you get to school. But it really is beautiful, so I know the Lady Lady Topper softball team will have a fun time down there. They'll play Alcorn State, Ball State, and then Mississippi State. The Lady Topper soccer team will play its second CUSA game of the season this Thursday at 6 p.m., and then host Center College on Saturday at 3 p.m. They'll look to build off their two and one start this season in bulk the resume
0: yeah for sure so well we promised this last segment with gunner here and i want to spend these last four or five minutes or so talking to him about photography in case you wanted to stick around and listen to gunner i know that we just talked about the uh, sports on the hill but we got gunner over here and we'll share the mic with him i know that matthew can pass this over to gunner and we can talk about these things i got two questions for him and then matthew's got some uh, questions for him as well so gunner without any further ado are you ready yeah, man, always. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Well, let's get this going here. So, like I said, I'll split the questions with Matthew. Uh, so, first off, Gunner, what's it been like to cover sports behind the lens this year, and what have been some of the best games so far this year that you have experienced?
2: You know, it's it's been a lot of fun. It's definitely been an interesting year with, you know, the whole COVID situation and restricted access, but I've been fortunate enough to be able to be on the sidelines a good amount cover some cool games um you know one of my more favorite games and one of my more favorite shots would be when um the lady toppers I'm trying to think who they played it was the game that Raneem went down and FAU okay yeah that game was a lot of fun because it was really chippy it was really back and forth and lady tops pulled out the win that was one of my favorite games to cover um and then you know just getting just getting to watch the tops in general I just love being out there on the sidelines watching from behind the lens
0: well, it's always a pleasure to have you on that assignment. I know that we throw different people on those assignments. Like we just had uh, Jacob Latimer that just worked this weekend. You worked this weekend. And um, I know that we always you know, change it up and, and whatnot. But I'm glad that you've been working. So that's always nice. Um, so I got one more thought for you. So what kind of advice would you give to a sports photographer or maybe just a photographer out there who wants to get a start in sports and how to take some good photos?
2: Um, I would definitely say my advice would be, you know, find a different angle. Like if you see like a bunch of photographers are taking like the same type of angles or pictures at a ball game, try to do something different, find a different angle to create that interesting shot.
0: Well, there you have it. There's there's my questions. And uh, I told Matthew that he could think of two questions or how many ever he wants. And we'll just go from there. But Matthew, do you have any questions for uh, Gunner?
1: Yeah, Gunner, um Obviously, whenever anyone's going into some kind of field with with Nick and, and sports writing and me and broadcasting, there's a passion that you find somewhere before you get to college. So I just want to know where that passion for photography came from.
2: Well, you know it's it's interesting you say that um, because I know you I know you're a broadcasting major yourself. We was talking about that before the show. I was actually a broadcast major when I first got to Western, and then you I didn't took, like broadcasting. I, I liked it, but then I <laughs> found, no you can be honest. No, me. I mean no, I did like it. <laughs> um, you know, because I did a lot of radio stuff in high school, like you are, and then I took a few media classes, and I just really got into photography. And I was like, you know what, I think this is really what I want to do. So. Yeah,
1: and the way you set up your photos is they're kind of this may be too simple of a question or too just awful of a question but you know on instagram when you post a photo and you have like the different what am i trying to say you just have the different ways that the the photo can be presented i probably sound like a 40 year old man right now <laughs> um but the the way the photos are are being presented is there a is there a certain way talk about the contrast or the color and way you in the way you want your pictures edited the, the look at make it look pretty cool
2: yeah a lot of that i do kind of behind the scenes you know once once i get done shooting a game usually you know if nick is at student publications building you know i go right over there and i start working on my photos getting those edited and to him to post for the gamer and then the gallery and all that stuff so usually i'm just trying to i don't know make it look as close to what you would see with the human eye as possible when i post picture awesome
0: well, there you have it. Uh, Gunner. I really want to thank you for your time. I know that you made that special trip from home an hour away. I'm pretty positive, but he's, he made it. He's here. So uh, that was fun to hear from him. Just a couple questions. I know that we'll try to continue to have guests on our show, live guests, rather than you know having audio like we do from Coach Collins or Rick Stansberry. Um, but I won't make any promises for what kind of audio or guests that we'll have next time. However, I will say, if you don't want to miss out on any sports coverage here on the Hill with the Herald, please go follow us on Twitter at WKU Herald Sports. You can also find our content on Facebook as well. Just search the College Heights Herald. Uh, Go click on uh, posts, and you'll see all the articles that we post, and uh, we'll be able to have all that seen and read, and uh, we're really just – appreciative that we have a good sports staff i know matthew's coming here caden's coming here we haven't seen caden in a while here in the podcast room but we'll get him back in here at some point to talk about some basketball but we just want to thank you for listening to episode 21 of topper extra so we'll see you next time